Welcome to Non-Fungible Rebels, a podcast where creators, tech, internet culture, crypto, and marketing meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hey everyone and welcome to the Non-Fungible Rebels. I'm very happy to finally meet Chopper who's who's in the studio today. Uh, nice to meet you Chopper finally. It's been a while. We've we've communicated a lot together while you were beyond the uh, the funk avatar um and and now yeah, we see your face. Nice to meet you. Thanks. No, uh, yeah, likewise. Nice to meet you. And, and it's, uh, it's definitely been a long couple of years, but I'm glad that we've finally been able to connect face to face. And uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. Like you, when we were talking, we kind of, you know, we're talking about the fact that we, we spend so much time online and, and communicate online so much more than in real life, which is kind of, you know, that's what's happening, I think, more or less with everyone. And, yeah. um, and it kind of, yeah, it, 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 it brings different perspectives in terms of real relation, life relationships, online relationships, fake ones, real ones, while online and all that kind of, you know, the whole mixture of different diverse kind of options that can happen in the space. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, let's start from the very beginning. Let's Let's start from, I mean, everyone has different journeys about how they ended up in the Web3 space, right? Like everyone is coming from For different sure. places. They all have a story behind it. So what was yours? Yeah, no, that's, uh, oh man, I haven't thought about that in a long time, but I, I guess my entry point into Web3 was early on, uh, closer to 2017, kind of when that, bull run ended um and i came in shortly after or like in the tail end um and started to kind of get interested and i had already had some exposure to crypto prior to that um but just very basic exposure nothing crazy nothing too in depth and um that that's when i started to get more interested in the technology and and you know with a technology background and and being a developer and um you know coming from a design background um my interest was really how can i use this this technology to um you know really grow my craft and and become better at, at at what i do and and obviously build cooler products um so that was always kind of my intention with, you know, when I looked into crypto and Web3 in the first place. And it, it definitely wasn't called Web3 back then. Um, yeah. But uh, it was more just the crypto side of things. And, you know, I, I messed around with it for a little bit and, and um, I enjoyed it, but it was more on the financial side because that's what really like pulls you in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's kind of a gambling aspect to well not kind of but you know there's a major gambling aspect to it all and i think that's where people kind of get addicted to to the you know to crypto um and uh that's kind of what pulled me in but um that faded pretty quick you know i i think there wasn't really much going on in the markets back then not a whole lot of builders were really interested in in um using the technology 
outside of the financial aspect, right? Um, a lot of it was just solely financial based. And that yeah. wasn't really something I was, I was interested in, to be honest. Um, I've never actually been interested in, in finance or, um, you know, any part of finance. Uh, mm -hmm. My family actually has it plays a heavy role in finance. There's a lot of real estate in my family, and and my dad's an educator and in in uh, and a broker for real estate. So um, that was always kind of something that I've just like just didn't want to get involved in whatsoever. So uh, you know, I'll try to cut the story down a little bit. But um, so you know, a couple years later. Um, same job. I'm, I'm kind of in the same industry, same job, same everything. And, uh, you know, I just started to get really bored. I, I just started to get really bored with what was going on in the Web2 space. Everything that I was confronted with um, from a technical perspective wasn't mm -hmm. like nothing was cutting edge anymore from my perspective. Um, yeah. Everything I was working on was just like a cookie cutter, same old over and over and over again. And yeah. um, really, like deep inside me, I just needed to get out of that, you know, and um, I think once I had that desire inside of me, like, the, you know, and, and, and um, that started to grow, um, that's when I started to kind of look outside of, of my comfort zone and see where I could, you know, fit in uh, in other sectors or other industries, right? Um, and that's when crypto kind of came along again and, and I started to dig into it again. And uh, it actually started off with, with uh, Dogecoin started to kick off again and uh, mm -hmm. Dogecoin started to become popular again. And I think that was mostly an Elon Musk, uh, yeah. you know, uh, grift that was going on, whatever he was doing. Um, but that kind of pulled me in because I bought a bunch of Dogecoin and then you know, I, I was gambling on that and, and expecting some major returns and all that. And, and it ended up happening, but that really like pulled me back in like, like quick, because all of a sudden I had this liquidity. I had the opportunity. I started networking again in the industry. I started, you know, uh, connecting with other developers and other builders. And that's really like where things started to kind of spiral. Um, and that was, I think early 2021, um, maybe like March or, or February of that year. So I wasn't like super early on this run, uh, like a lot of people were. Um, yeah. I was somewhat like right when things started to kick off. Um, so I, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to get into crypto punks and into all that kind of stuff. But I was able to really connect with some of the people that are, are uh, you know, considered influential in the space now. And I was able mm -hmm. to connect with them quite early, which I think was, um, you know, was a blessing, right, at the time. So, um, you know, kind of fast forward a little bit. I, I um, once I, you know, once I really started to get involved with crypto and, and feel like it was where I wanted to be, um, that's when I started to build products. And the first products I started to build, um, as you know, uh, were for the crypto funks community. Yeah. And, um, you know, that to me was just a fun way to involve myself in a community and start building and using my talents without actually having to like create a business, create a product, create a, 
you know, all the, all the, mm-hmm. you know, shit that comes with it. Right. I'm allowed to swear on here. I, I assume. Absolutely. It's, oh, it's okay, I know my guests, so I've labeled it as explicit podcast. So like, you perfect. Know, I know I love coming. swearing. I Rebels love are swearing it, usually for very sure. much. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, that was, that was exciting to me. It was like, being able to just build on top of a brand that already existed. And in this case, it was actually the crypto punks brand uh, that, that I was building on top of not really the funks brand because we forked that and uh, you know, made our own community. Well, well, Zagabond did. Right. So um, that was exciting to me. And that that's really kind of what got my desire burning was, was being able to, build in this community centric way and be able to like build with people that I had never met that I don't know their names. I don't know where they live. I don't know what they look like. Um, and, and make cool stuff. Right. Um, there was something really unique about that way of building and collaborating that I hadn't experienced before in my career. Um, especially kind of like the on off the cuff, on the fly bootstrap type building like yeah. that was really appealing to me um and that's really what uh you know the crypto funks started that fire inside of me right um and that's why i'm still yeah. such a you know such a a big uh proponent of the crypto funks community and why i'm still such a big part of it so um you know and and you know fast forwarding a bit that really brought me into um, creating. I'm. I just keep getting these phone calls. My apologies. No um, yeah. So you know that really uh, got me thinking into like, okay, how can I use my talents to build my own product now, and how can I, you know, use uh, these communities that I've built to kind of leverage my skills and leverage the products that I'm building. And uh, be able to get them, you know, get them, uh, get more exposure and, and get them uh, brought to more eyes and, and more people. So, um, yeah, that's when I started building Floridape. And uh, actually, Floridape originally was a project that I had built for myself um, and who at the time was my co-founder of Floridape. And, and her and I just... Um, we wanted a, a way to track our portfolios and we wanted a way to track our NFTs and, and the assets that we were buying, the art we were buying, the collectibles, et cetera. And um, so I built like a very basic iteration of um, what is now Floridape, um, which at the time just ran in, in like a terminal. So you needed a little bit of technical knowledge to understand it and that kind of stuff. But um that really like snowballed and and you know i i ended up registering uh, um registering a company here in canada and building the app under that company and uh you know since it's been almost two years like we're still building every day um we've we we've managed to stay self-sufficient uh with no like basically no overhead um everyone's on a percentage of of uh, our token uh, mint prices and uh, and as far as our team goes, I mean, and um, you know, everyone's extremely willing to just participate and build together without this um, overly 
controlling like central point, right? Uh, we just kind of all collaborate and and we're able to sustain this project and, and continue building it, which is very unique, I think. And I don't think you can pull that off in many industries other than uh, crypto or mm-hmm. what people call Web3. Yeah. So no, that's kind of my story. That's, um, yeah, it's it's been a journey for sure. And, yeah. and I think like, you know, I, I think you pointed out a few things that kind of, you know, resonated with me in, in a sense that um, like, first of all, the Funks community is, um, I think it, it it's, it's because of its history, because what, you know, the, the way they kind of, you know, ended up uh, still being around after everything that happened, um, it kind of shows the the type of people that it attracts and the type of people that are in there, right? So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a good indication. And also kind of, you know, you mentioned community-centric products and kind of, you know, uh, being part and building as, as part of a community. And I think that's that's another very important thing because you can end up, you know, building stuff that no one needs. But if you are building it with the community and within the community and doing something that they're actually looking for, it's a completely different sort of, you know, result at the end. So so definitely. Um, so I guess uh, what's, um, you, you mentioned Floor Dave, uh, and, you know, we, we we mentioned in the introduction the not larva labs as well and yeah. i think that that has that probably was one of the focal points that kind of you know elevated the community after everything that happened right it kind of you know mm-hmm. it was one of the one of the things that kept it alive and helped it strive later on after all the the, the whole kind of you know uh, issues that they had in the beginning uh, so I don't know, like, how how does it feel? Like, you know, you, you ended up building Not Larva Labs together with uh, with Polly and uh, and someone else, or well, the original just... team. No. The original team was Polly, uh, myself, and someone uh, who was around back then, then named Loafgren. Oh um, yeah, th- that's yeah. the original team, and then Ryder Rips and um, and uh, Kenobi came on board. Uh, shortly after. Shortly after. Okay, cool. So I remember when it launched, like, you know, the the whole, what was happening on Twitter spaces, what was happening on, on Twitter in general, kind of, you know, I, I, I usually, like, I'm not really into all these stories um, until they come to me. So, like, if, if just by scrolling, I see something happening and I see a trend, it means it's it's big enough, right? Otherwise, like, you know, I, I wouldn't probably keep seeing it again and again and again. So when Lava Labs launched, like the whole, like everything funk related was all over the place. Everyone was kind of, you know, super, super excited. I, I remember even I was like, you know, listening to these spaces and then kind of, you know, sending messages like, oh, holy shit, like this is really cool. This is really, really nice. Yeah. And, and everyone was super excited about it. Uh, and I think it's also kind of, you know, um, we keep talking about uh, sort of, uh, keeping control and independence and and not depending on on marketplaces and all that stuff so I, I you know anything that kind of helps people to detach from open sea to sort of you know get that alternative 
options um, outside that centralized entities. I think that's that's always a cool to have this diversity of options and choices. So I think that's that's really kind of you know bringing value to the whole space in general. Um, other than that, let's uh, let's kind of you know look into some of the questions that you know um, your fans, so to speak, ended up dropping in, in on Twitter. Um, but but before that, um, I think you know you mentioned one question and i think we have spoken together about this probably many times and it's it's this big question of why the hell are we still here like you know the the there are lots of things that personally i don't like about this space and and probably you too and um sometimes it makes us really frustrated and and kind of really sad and angry um but then you know it's been what it's been six years already um that we've been around and and it's kind of you know um it's not about even thinking about leaving uh, yet so what keeps you here i'm just in too fucking deep i'm just in so deep and <laughs> my i'm the most stubborn guy you'll ever meet and i just don't give up you know and uh really that's not really all there is to it there's so many negatives in this space right mm -hmm. now i feel yeah. like i feel like when the market really took a dove or, or the di took a dive the only thing that really remained was the bad thing right um all yeah. the good things kind of left with it and um mm -hmm. and really at the end of the day to be quite honest there weren't many good things in the first place um and i'm not trying to be super negative about all of this but this is like like i said at the beginning one of the sole reasons why i don't align myself with financial markets um yeah. Because in my opinion, uh, money is is the devil. It is the root of all evil. And it brings out the, the worst in just about every person. Um, and, you know, that to me is, is good enough reason to just avoid it altogether. And uh, obviously, you know, there's the other side of things where you got to pay your bills and you got to feed your family and you got to, yeah. you know, there's, a, you know, keep a roof, roof over your head. So it's to me, it was more about striking a balance, right? Um, and mm -hmm. and trying to stay away from all the negativity while focusing on the positive aspects of the space, um, which, like I said, now is a little is a little more difficult because there's there's basically nothing positive left. Um, if you're involved in the crypto or NFT market right now, or or you know shit coins or whatever just open your Twitter and, and you'll see it. Right. I mean, yeah. it's pretty obvious, yeah. you know, open your DMS, even if you're popular or you have a following over 10,000, just open your DMS and you'll see it. So it's um, you know, it's disheartening, I think. And I think it, it, it really did push out a lot of good people from this space, but yeah. I think that these tests can often uh, you know, these tribulations and these like trials and these things that we go through often make us stronger and teach us very valuable lessons going forward that I think we'll be able to use once the market does adjust itself and, and things start to pick up again. And I think those lessons really are that um, 
for me at least the less I think everybody's going to learn their own lessons obviously uh, mm. but my lessons really were to focus on the focus on the technology stay the fuck away from all the drama just stay out of it completely um, don't like I'm not saying choose a side and stay out of it or like be neutral and stay out of it or any of that it's just like stay out of it right because mm. then nobody can nobody can accuse you of anything you know what I mean so it's very rare that I get accused of things in me, my DMs or on the timeline because I just, I just stay out of it. You know what I mean? That's, so, yeah, that's something that I had already noticed because it was kind of, you know, it's, it's for me, for example, it's, a, it has always been tricky to sort of, you know, be part of it, but at the same time, sort of, you know, stay unbiased, especially when I'm writing you know, stories and articles about stuff, right? Uh, or kind of, you know, to to get the right sort of uh, perception of things because, you know, sometimes people may think like differently from 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 what it is actually, right? So it's uh, it has always been kind of, you know, a balancing act in terms of getting involved, but at the same time sort of, you know, staying neutral. And I think in your case, it's kind of, you know, you, you have... You have managed to be kind of, you know, an active community member, but at the same time, sort of, you know, really detached from from all the drama and all the conversations and kind of, you know, the emotional roller coaster and the, the arguments, the fights and, and all that stuff, which to me, it's interesting. You mentioned that, you know, there, there are so many bad things, but this is one of those bad things that kind of has been engraved in the culture so much that many people think it's part of this culture. It's like, oh, what, yeah. what do you mean? Like, you know, you, you can't be without it. It's just it's it's just part of it. it it's one of the trends and the kind of, you know, characteristics of the space. Um, and and I think it's it's just, as you said, it's because of the money. Because, uh, you know, in bear markets, making money is harder. People get wrecked more. Um, they are more vulnerable, more sensitive. And then that little money that is left, the fight for it is, is much kind of, you know, fiercer, I guess. And, and that's when people become much more uglier, you know. Uh, it's fight for the money, but also for the attention and for the, the kind of, you know, influencer status, whatever, whatever it is, right? So, so you know, the, the scarcer everything becomes, then, you know, now they have less people that are paying attention. So then they have to fight harder to get that attention of those few people left, right? So anyway, but um, but on a positive note, uh, I think like, you know, um, as you said, like we're still around, uh, we're not leaving anywhere, um, although a bit disheartening, but, but still. <laughs> but uh, what are the biggest challenges um, in, in building in Web3? You mentioned like the good side of things, right? That it's kind of, you know, it's not complicated. It's, it's kind of, you know, you, you get to, to meet the right people. You can do it together with the team and, and all that stuff, which is really, really great. Um, but I'm sure like the space also brings certain challenges that are kind of, you know, on top of everything else because it's, it's this space that is specific around some stuff. Um, what are the biggest challenges for you as a builder in the space? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, you know, uh, 
a lot of the benefits actually introduce a lot more challenges as well, right? Um, mm. The benefit of decentralization actually adds more challenges when it comes to building on top of the technology. Um, same with, you know, at the bootstrap nature and, and you know, the nature of meet, meeting your, your teammates online, um, you know, that live across the world. That's, that makes things difficult, right? That's a challenge. Um, but these are all challenges that I think, you know, like I mentioned before, make us uh, stronger. Um, probably the biggest challenge that I've dealt with in this space is, um, I think it's kind of, it's two pronged to a certain degree because there's so many technical challenges I deal with. Um, mm -hmm. But like when it comes to running a business and, and creating a project in the space, the largest challenge that I've noticed is the financial aspect and that there's so many expectations put on you as a founder or as a builder that you're going to somehow give people returns on their investments. Yeah. Um, and that's really difficult to deal with because and, and you know, I, I often speak very like very clearly about this with my audience and say, I don't care about your bags. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what your stupid fucking animal picture is worth. Um, the purpose that I have here is to build and it's not to, it's not to make you money. It's to mm. give you product and it's to give you something that works functions and may improve the quality of your life or even just the quality of your trading. Um, mm. So that's been like really the thing that, that has been the most difficult is trying to appease an audience that, or a user base that is strictly using products uh, in order to, you know, make some sort of financial, uh, you know, something benefit, you know, benefit them. So that's been uh, really frustrating. And I think on the technology side, um, probably the most challenging thing that I've really dealt with is just how new everything is yeah. uh, from a technology perspective. Luckily, a lot of the technology that, it, you know, with the EVM and, you know, even with Bitcoin and all, you know, all the um, decentralized nature of the products and stuff like that, the, a lot of it did come from the web two world. Like it was born of, of that, you know, when we talk about encryption and we talk about, uh, even crypto in general, it, it was all born of very similar things that we've dealt with, with, you know, authentication uh, in Web2 or, um, you know, cryptography and that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. it's all very similar, but it's, it's, it's frustrating when you're used to having access to all the data and all the things that you need right at your fingertips in Web2. And then all of a sudden you have to deal with indexers and, 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 Ethereum nodes and, and, you know, decentralized protocols and decentralized file hosting and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but that to me is also a benefit of web three too, right? Like that also like really sparked my interest in the technology and is what really kept me here. So I think, uh, you know, like I said before, it's um, a lot of those, a lot of the downsides are also benefits, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I, I think you really find that in any industry that you uh, break into, you know, uh, when I started building motorcycles, it was the same thing. Like I had to learn so much, right? Um, so 
uh, that's just kind of the enjoyment of the craft and the excitement of, of being able to do something uh, productive, right? Yeah, sounds good. Um, so what about, I'm sure like, you know, being in this space for so long, you definitely had sort of, you know, it, it is like a roller coaster and it, it moves really, really fast. And, and uh, I think like, you know, by now we've seen pretty much anything already uh and i don't know what else is gonna come that will actually kind of really surprise us because i i i'm i personally have become a bit numb in terms of kind of getting excited or or getting really surprised about no matter how crazy things i'm seeing these days in the space so um so from that journey from that roller coaster ride which have been your sort of peak moments the biggest success moments and then like the biggest failures good question it's easy to talk about success right um so i'll do that <laughs> <Yeah>. one first <laughs> Um, I, th I think you touched on it, that that not, not Larva Labs uh, release was really major, I think, not only just for our community, um, but, you know, for myself and, and for Polly. And, um, you know, that really kind of pushed me to another level. Uh, it gave me a lot more recognition in the community. It, it put a lot more trust uh, on my name. And, um, you know, that was really exciting for me for many reasons um you know when you're a builder and and you're you're not only just a builder but you're trying to have some sort of a social presence and um you know be uh, you know a leader of some sort in a community it really helps when uh your product launch is successful and uh you know it adds value to the to great value to your community so i think that was probably uh, my biggest success uh in this space um having said that I, I don't think it's the only one and and i think there are several more i i won't get too deep into them but um launching my florida product was a, a really big success for me and and being able to uh you know mint a, a ton of access tokens and 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 onboard a bunch of users and and uh build a team and and have that team really like have major focus on on um pushing the idea of decentralization and and pushing the idea of self-ownership and, and self-custody and and like there's just so many cool things that are in my opinion wins you know and and a lot of the time they're like these small wins that kind of add up to these big ones right mm -hmm. um yeah sure but in a yeah in a sense of like just one big one i think that was the not larva labs launch like that really mm -hmm. took it, it it really took the community by storm it took crypto twitter by yeah. storm thanks to polly you know polly's an, an amazing marketing guy <laughs> and and ship poster and he knows how to piss people off he knows he knows all about anti-marketing and, and he's, he's great at it. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah. And I have no issues with that. You know, a lot of people have come at me and said, Hey, what, like, why do you, why are you friends with Polly? Why do you, why do you work with him? He's your homie. And, and I'm like, like, yeah, exactly. You're, yourself. you're staying so neutral in the space and then you're friends with Polly. You can't be neutral anymore. It's kind of. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> And that's the look that I'm giving them like behind my, like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, like, like, 
you like you fucking you go buy an iPhone, you go eat at McDonald's, you fucking this, that, the other. You don't think that these guys are fucking each other over and assholes and like this is how the world functions. You know what I mean? It's just because you follow this guy on Twitter or he said something mean about your boyfriend um that that you're really pissed off right so um you know at the end of the day i i i I don't really give that uh much of my time because it's Mm. it's complete bullshit uh it's but yeah anyway off that subject um it that's an easy subject to get like we could do a whole podcast on that oh yeah right i mean mean, so yeah maybe um, we should get him on a podcast one day yeah you probably should at some point i think that (laughs) you know actually that might help it might help um (laughs) but it might it might kill your brand too who knows absolutely yeah no one um (laughs) okay so the to the failure failure um i've been i've been super lucky over the past couple years um in the in the fact that I haven't had massive failures um and I think that that is pure luck I don't I don't necessarily uh attach that to anything that I've done specifically or done better or different than anybody I I I do truly think it's luck I've been um fortunate to surround myself with people that are uh passionate and encouraging and and um that um you know try to what's the word like they you know they try to build you up and and Uh and you know paulie's one of those guys like he really did build me up and and help me um kind of establish myself but so many other people did that too um and and that that's been amazing but so you know having said that i think some of my my biggest failures have been more um with myself you know it's like um more like not taking on larger leadership roles and not putting myself out there enough and not um you know getting on more podcasts or getting in more twitter spaces getting out there more that's probably and maybe you can't consider that a failure but it's really the only thing i can think of you know is like I've been so focused on the technology that I, I haven't yeah. really put a lot of time into some of the other things that I should be doing. Um, well, and, this is and, a good start now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I hate public speaking. I, I like, I'll never go to an NFT conference and speak in front of people. Cause I just like, it's cheesy as fuck. First of all, second of <laughs> all, it's just not my thing. Um, and I prefer to talk to algorithms than people. Right. So that's usually yeah. probably what I'll stick to. But Twitter spaces are really important. And also like doing what people did for me, um, you know, encouraging other people to build and 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 um, sharing their, you know, sharing their work and, and uh, putting them, you know, giving them that that kind of that, that uh, platform and 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 enabling them I think there's a lot more I could be doing of that for sure um but failures like I don't see a lot of things as failures I see them as learning learning experiences so it'd be really hard for me to like choose one specifically yeah no no makes sense well I I think the good thing with with these kind of podcasts are that you know it's 
it's a conversation with one person and it's less an interview but rather a conversation so kind of you know i mean i i don't i personally don't consider this being a public speaking right it's it's just me and you getting together and just having a chat and and then you know if some people watch it and enjoy it great if they don't like we had a nice chat that's that's the way i'm approaching this to be fair so um so no like you know no need to sort of look at it like it's not very serious thing, so to speak. Anyway, um, let's move to so you know I to something that I kind of know but don't really know very well. Um, but it feels like the community is very passionate about it. So inscriptions. Explain yeah. me what it is. Like just just in a simple terms, just explain me what it is because I've seen it all around. I've kind of you know looked at it, but. I just want to like, you know, someone to explain it to me in a better way. Sure. Inscriptions are are very basic, actually. Anyone that spends more than five minutes explaining it to you is over explaining it, um, which is probably Middlemarch. He's the he's the founder of of the protocol. Um, He'll take an hour to explain it when really it only (laughs) takes two minutes. Um, An inscription is a transaction on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, that's all it is. It's like me sending you Ethereum, but I'm not sending you Ethereum. I'm sending you data and I can send you, um, I can send you data in basically any form, um, whether it be an image, video, audio, text, et cetera. Those are all options. And all I have to do, all I have to do is encode that data into the, uh, transaction call uh slot like the call data slot and then send that to you and you now own an inscription um or i can send it to myself or i can send it to anybody else um so in its basic form that's all it is is it's a transaction now the beauty of the inscriptions protocol is actually and where the protocol actually lives is uh how the data is indexed and the rules that are applied to that data um, that's when things kind of get really more exciting about it, right? Um, for instance, there's rules like no duplicates. So if I take that data and I put it into a transaction and I send it to you, um, and then I do it again and it's identical, the indexer will say, nope, that's, you know, that's uh, a duplicate. We're not index- indexing it. And then, so really the indexer is the source of truth when it comes to inscriptions. And that's where the magic happens. And, and um, you know, I won't go in too in depth on that, but um, the beauty of, of this uh, specific um, protocol is um, that it's very community involved. And sorry, my kid's crying. I don't know if you can hear her. But, um, the, you know, the beauty of the protocol is it's very community involved and, and um Middlemarch, the founder, again, he's uh, been very open to feedback, criticism, and and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's why it's become so great is because it's been built by the hive mind uh, rather than just like one individual, um, which is another reason why decentralized uh, building is so amazing, right? Um, So that's kind of like, you know, a quick overview explanation, but... um, in its in its essence, it's very it's very simple and uh, nothing too crazy. 
Okay, makes sense. So, so basically, um, I don't know, like, you know, uh, how do you see this developing further? Like, what's the future of it? Like, how do you envision this kind of where, where, where does it go? Essentially? Yeah, good question. I think, uh, I think descriptions are also very special, because we've been introduced over the past couple of years, uh, heavily to smart contracts. And mm. smart contracts add this um, overhead fee of, of gas, right? I mean, you're interacting yeah. with uh, a contract on the Ethereum blockchain, whether that contract is doing all sorts of math or emitting events or, or all, you know, whatever, uh, you're paying that fee up front, right? So you're really um, at the mercy of the developer of that smart contract, whether or not you're going to pay high fees on a transaction or not. Um, and there's some people solve, solving those problems or working towards solving those problems. Um, Eescriptions avoid that problem completely because the only gas you spend on an Eescription is the amount of data or the bytes in, in, in the data slot. You're paying basically to put that on the blockchain, right? Um, and by put that on the blockchain, I mean like, you know, uh, send a transaction or whatever. So um, that's, I think that in my opinion is a huge benefit to inscriptions. I can inscribe an image like a CryptoPunk for the fraction of a cost of minting one on a smart contract right? Like fraction, I mean, pennies on the dollar, right? So that to me is a major benefit, especially on a, on a, on Ethereum, which we know is a, a very um, fee intensive um, expensive, blockchain, yeah. which is by yeah. design, right? And, and is a feature in my opinion, rather than a bug, but at the same time, like why need, why would you need a layer two if you could do it all on ethereum mainnet and uh you know get away with only paying pennies so it's a yeah you know at the end of the day the inscriptions protocol can be used more as a data layer uh than anything which is, mm -hmm. is really cool uh it's cool from a builder's perspective i don't know if it's that cool <laughs> from a consumer perspective uh, uh i think it all depends like you know i mean it's it's already built. It's already has certain benefits, right? And it's yeah. already kind of you know has these features and 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 potential sort of you know things that it could do. So I think from the consumer perspective, right? Like you know, for non-builder, I think it all will depend highly how things move forward and what kind of applications it will have in the future and you know yeah. what these applications will be bringing as benefit right because for example like you mentioned kind of you know the the fraction of the coast obviously like you know i know loads of nft artists who who you know especially during the hype cycle they just couldn't afford all these minting fees on ethereum right but then on the other hand during that period like you know the demand was in ethereum blockchain like if the like you know they 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 would make sales only if it was on ethereum many people didn't even want to look at other chains although like there is tons of really cool art on tezos as well for example but like that's not how the market was operating so so for these kind of use cases of 
obviously kind of you know it completely makes sense but um but i think like usually like me being a non-tech person um when i'm looking at all these new sort of services or products or kind of protocols i'm just looking at okay this is what is it built how we can use this to leverage or amplify or, you know, make better our existing experiences or, you know, what can we do with this that we couldn't do otherwise before it existed, right? That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. And I feel like here there is a potential of finding more applications and more use cases for for what's already built and just be kind of, you know, modify or, or, or build on top of it, I guess. I don't know, like, you know, I'm not a tech person, so I don't know. No, that's true. And I, and I think that's another um, benefit of these newer protocols like the inscriptions protocol and, and another benefit as to, you know, building with a community is that you can solve so many problems, right? Uh, problems that we had just a year ago that can be solved um, by something so basic as, as the inscriptions protocol and basic, you know, it's fairly basic. It's, it, it, I don't want to downplay it or, you know, make it seem like there was no work put into it, but it is a very basic thing. And, and, uh, there was the hype cycle of smart contracts, and I think that those hype cycles come and go. And and I think that the application for smart contracts was never like smart contracts weren't made to 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 make NFTs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like smart contracts were created way before NFTs even existed. Um, the standard for you know ERC seven twenty one and eleven eleven fifty five were created. Um, you know, with, you know, the crypto punks were, were obviously a major catalyst in, in the creation of the ERC-721 standard. Um, was it the right way to, was it the right thing for that? No, I don't think so. I think smart contracts are overkill as far as putting images on the blockchain, especially with the crypto punks, like the crypto punks are 24 by 24 pixelated images. Mm. They never even should have lived off the blockchain because they're tiny. Um, So, you know, you think of uh, brands like OnChain Monkey, for instance, they put their whole collection on the blockchain. And I don't remember how many, but they did their whole collection in one transaction. It's things like that that really push, um, that really push um, the technology forward, right? Because then you start having people like, huh, okay, that's a cool way to do it, but let's try this way to do it. Let's try this way to do it. Let's try this way to do it. And I think eventually we get to this place where we're creating inscriptions and where we go back to like, nfts or the blockchain in its most simple form and we were like okay guys now that we've explored all the most complicated options possible and we've spent billions of dollars selling racist monkey jpegs to each other let's bring it all back to the fact that we can just send each other these images in a transaction and they're immutable you know what i mean and they're there forever um the other day, I I described a, a a Nintendo ROM, and if you're unfamiliar with what ROMs are, they're basically 
like a copy of a of like an old Nintendo game in digital format. Um, oh, okay. And they're just like ones and zeros, basically, right? Um, but I was able to e-scribe the ROM, which was like 30 kilobytes. It's tiny. It cost me $2. And I'm able to play the game on my computer without having to own the ROM, without any of that, just by going to a website and loading it from the Ethereum blockchain um, and 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 running it in an emulator. And it, it's an amazing that's, thing, which would have cost, cool. yeah, which would have cost hundreds of dollars to do on a smart contract, right? So yeah. there are benefits to all this. And I think that there, it, it's really like, we're in a time now, especially with the market kind of being down where I think builders are just like head down, yeah. And I know Middlemarch, I, yeah, like Middlemarch is like, I like, you won't even see him unless he's like releasing, um, you know, version, whatever, like mm. everyone's head down, heads down building. And, and, that and, and it's really good because it's thing. less destruction. So you can't, you know, less noise, less destruction, less hysteric yeah. FOMO. So, you know, it, it, there is more time and space and, and mind share to sort of, you know, focus on, on actually building, which is really cool without really kind of getting distracted up, you know, right and uh, left. So, so yeah. Uh, And it feels like not much is happening these days, uh, apart from maybe memes, meme coins, right? Like that's kind of the, the, like the fun side that is still left kind of. And also kind of the 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 things that seem to still uh, give people opportunities to flip and, and make money still. Um, at least that's the only thing that I'm seeing at the moment. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, that? And whether do you think it's sustainable and is going to stay for longer? Or it's just like a you know, short period of kind of filling the gap before something else comes out? Well, I, I think that's a good question. I think history tends to repeat itself. And, and I feel like this is a bit of a deja vu. We, we did see a few shitcoin cycles uh, over the past few years. And yeah. um, I think whether people like it or not, shitcoins are here to stay forever. Um, there's never going to be a short supply of, of scams. And there's never going to be um, too too there's never going to be too many of them and there's never going to be too little of them i just think um the gambler is uh, always going to be using this technology uh in order to pump their bags and 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 you know all that kind of stuff so i don't think that it's going anywhere anytime soon is it sustainable um i don't know what's the definition of that because really like it seems to me like a lot of people are making a lot of money and then a lot of people are just getting wrecked and never showing up again. So I yeah. think it's sustainable for a very small group of people. Um, I don't think this is crypto though. Um, this is not crypto. This is not um, what crypto is or what, what it was made for. Is it bad? I don't think so. I think the ecosystem needs a balance. And I think that there's always, um, you know, a negative to every ecosystem, whether it's crypto or whatever, right? Um, Mm. The point really is, is I think that these ecosystems thrive off off every aspect, not just one. I don't think Mm. artists made NFTs thrive. I think that 
the financial incentive of NFTs made it thrive. And I think mm-hmm. the VC money coming in made it thrive. And I think that the reason it died uh, had nothing to do with Blur and it had nothing to do with with any one individual. I think it had to do a lot with the economy. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that VCs pulled out very, you know, very quickly when things got a little bit turbulent. And I think, uh, you know, once AI started to become popular, that was, you know, this is what VCs do. It's like that history repeats itself. They're just going to jump from one. And next time crypto is in a state of, um, like next time crypto is coming up on a bull market or something, they'll be back. And yeah, uh, of course. I mean, they go where the money is. And, I mean, wherever they can, uh, like, can make the maximum amount of money and and the maximum amount of returns. That's where they go. It doesn't really matter whether it's crypto or AI or whatever, whichever it is yeah. at that moment. Mm-hmm. That's where they they go. It's um, it's yeah. I mean, that's how they behave usually, and that that's. Yeah, that's the, the nature of the whole kind of business that they are in, in general. Um, I mean, the I we, we kind of touched this point, but like, you know, we, we were talking a lot about the things that we don't like and obviously scams and grifters and fake influencers and kind of, you know, pumpers and dumpers and whatever, all that part is kind of you know it's there it has been there during the whole period um we we kind of have it as 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 a given um but are we going to succeed beyond that like is it going to be a time do you believe that these players will will no longer be getting the attention that they don't deserve will no longer kind of have the power that they do in order to sort of you know uh, shift markets and prices with their tweets and and you know uh, and all that stuff like what what needs to be done for for that dynamic to be kind of you know changed or or you know it doesn't really I mean it's not going to happen it's always going to be like this well I guess that's a it's a pretty nuanced thing, I think, because, uh, and there's probably a lot more to unpack out of that because in my opinion, most of the grifters from the last bear or bull market are, were the people in charge in, in, in not the last, I mean, the, the, the bull market before this one, um, before 2021, I think those grifters were the people that were running companies that were worth millions of dollars. And a lot of them were VCs because they did well or became VCs because they did well. So I think like our country is run on, on, on grifters and scammers. You know what I mean? Our politicians Mm. are, are scamming us are, you know, so there's so, I think there's so much to that, but I think that, you know, as when it comes to like the market cycles and, um, whether or not like we're going to see mass adoption, um, mass adoption is not on Twitter and, and mass adoption is not with Pepe coin or with um, uh, even an NFT brand like Board Ape Yacht Club. That's not mass yeah. adoption. Mass yeah. adoption is, is going to happen. And most of the people on Twitter or in crypto right now won't even notice it happening. Um, you see brands like, um, you see brands uh, like Starbucks tokenizing their rewards programs. You see the Odyssey um, program, yeah. 
you see, I think Target getting into crypto. You see, um, you see so many brands getting into crypto yeah. and what they're doing. Tomorrowland, is... did you did you know or did you notice like Tomorrowland, the yeah. last kind mm -hmm. of festival? It was all kind of you know NFT based tokenized ticketing system. There you go, right? And and that's really what mass adoption looks like. And all mass adoption is is where you replace your old infrastructure with new infrastructure that is based on blockchain technology. That's mass adoption. Nobody's yeah. going to be coming on Twitter and buying shit coins, uh, uh, you know, like your grandma. Like if you think that you're going to get your grandma to buy a shit coin and that's what mass adoption looks like, which by the way, sounds crazy, but that's what a lot of people on Twitter think. Um, that's that's uh... like, that's nothing. Right. I think uh, we're thinking the adoption. other way around, right? I think like people in, in here, when we t they talk about mass adoption, they, they are mentioning usually two things, right? Uh, one is quote unquote onboarding, which is like at this yeah. moment, it's it's horrible. Like you, you can't onboard normies into crypto. It takes forever. It's very complicated. No one really cares. No one really wants to go through that whole nightmare. Let's, well, let's be honest. And the second thing is education. Uh, what? What people don't realize is that, like, it, it, no one cares about the tech and no one cares how it works. Like, no one gives a shit. And they don't even need to be educated about how it works. Because in real life, when mass adoption happens, it is about having products and services that you use on daily basis in your life without knowing that there is underlying blockchain technology underneath that and without changing your lifestyle because if for example we are thinking that people are gonna instead of watching netflix gonna watch youtube videos about blockchain we're delusional it's never gonna happen if we think that they are gonna come and learn how to open bullets whatever whatever it's not gonna happen so instead of thinking about how to pull them in we have to think about how we sh we can integrate into their existing lifestyle and habits and just make it like, you know, so user-friendly that they don't really change what the way they're doing things. So for example, like, you know, you mentioned Starbucks. Starbucks nowhere in their loyalty program mentions NFTs anywhere. Like, you know, it, they, they, they called them, I think, stamp, not, not stamp, steps or journeys or yeah, something so like that. Yeah. that. Yeah, so they are not even, you know, using the, the word NFT. They are not talking about the blockchain technology, any of that. And they're not educating their users about, you know, about that stuff. They're talking about coffee. They're talking about the experiences, about anything else. But no one talks about blockchain in there. So, so I think like the mass adoption thing is completely twisted. The way people imagine it is completely twisted, and uh, and that's probably why it's not happening, right? Because all these people are are just approaching it from from the wrong perspective, uh, and also it all the happening. products and services. It is happening from like not from yeah. the people who who, mm -hmm. who are crying about it and shouting about it right like you know what yeah i don't know what they want i i i i honestly think that they think that everybody needs to start gambling on shit coins on a daily basis like that's what mass adoption looks like the only time that shit coins are, are going to become a part of the a part of like mass adoption is when vegas tokenizes everything that's the only time shit coins are ever going to become mass adopted <laughs> yeah and then the chips become the the shit coins yeah that's, that's the thing
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that would be a very fast mass adoption with very loyal fan base, I think. But, but yeah. Yeah, but they would have no idea, right? And, and that's the beauty of it. And I think you're absolutely right. Mass adoption comes when the user doesn't even know that the blockchain is powering the back end of their service or their app or their product, right? That truly is mass adoption. And, and we're starting to see banks do it in, 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 uh, in fact, actually, there's a Canadian product that I use for my on off ramp called ShakePay. Uh, and it's only available here in Canada, but now I can pay my bills. I can pay my, um, I can pay my, um, what else is there? Bills. Uh, anyway, they added all these features. So now mm -hmm. I actually don't even have to put my money in my bank account. I can pay my, my uh, gas or electrical uh, straight from that app, which is pr pretty wild, right? Um, that's I think it's that's cool. pretty cool. It's, and I think that's yeah. a step towards that mass adoption. Like once I don't need a bank account anymore um, and I yeah. can just use my crypto wallet, uh, that's really like that to me is like a bullish signal for mass adoption for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you because it's kind of, you know, it helps you bypass that, that kind of, you know, centralized um, authority yeah. sort of dependency in there for mm -hmm. sure. So, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And I think it's, uh, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, we, um, we just need to, to figure out how, as you said, like, you know, going into Web2, seeing how we can sort of, you know, amplify and enhance the, the existing experiences by bringing the possibilities that, that the tech brings. So, like, for example, to me, it absolutely makes no sense why everyone in gaming absolutely hates NFTs. Um, because <laughs> like, you know, it, it, like to me, like it, it completely makes sense, right? It's, it's really like, it's such a good use case and it's exactly for them. Right. But, but somehow like the whole narrative and the stories has been twisted so much that they immediately get these defensive reactions into it, but they don't, as you said, they don't even need to know, like, you know, if, if, if a big gaming company is just integrated seamlessly, and they don't even know about that. But then, you know, they have a, a self-custodial wallet with all their skins, etc., in in it, and no one can take it them from them. Like, you know, what can be better? Like, you know, they they spent months look, and months chasing those skins anyway. So, look, yeah. whether they like it or not, eventually all their shit is going to be an NFT or on the blockchain, whether it's an NFT or not. It's just the fact of the matter, and I promise you they won't even know what's happening they hate nfts for very good reasons and uh, most of those reasons i agree with and uh from the outside looking in the crypto space is is filled with scams and and so is the nft space i mean you can't you can't convince anybody that a picture of a monkey is worth a million dollars because it simply is not <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um yeah so when that's what mass adoption looks like, of course, people are going to hate it. Uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, I hate it. Right? It's, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just like that 
that kind of, you know, that those memes were kind of, you know, when you think about during the hype cycle, someone would say, oh, you know, I, I paid 100 ETH for, for this NFT and everyone, oh my God, legend, legend, great. And then, yeah, you know, someone right says, on. oh, back in yeah. the days I paid 100 ETH and what an idiot, you know, it's it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of perspective. Like, you know, depending where which cycle you're at, uh, you know, someone is a hero or an idiot, but like at the end of the day, there is a reality which is somewhere in between anyway right but no one really wants the real picture these days like everyone kind of you know wants to push their own angle and their own narratives and reality checks are painful and people just don't want to have them and then the people who are doing the reality checks are the bad ones because they are fudding the whole thing they are very negative and, and all that stuff but i think we need those people we need the people who will come and just tell the things the way they are so people will finally get that out of that vague me delusional sort of state of mind or kind of you know or or the other extreme like because the truth is somewhere in between it's not really so extreme in most cases anyway so yeah yeah well now think about it yeah i agree with you and i think you know think about the, all the people that lucked out on on you know minting a board ape or a rare board ape or minting a hundred board apes um, are praised as the heroes, right? When in fact, um, they just got lucky. You know, <laughs> they got lucky, and then the people at the top that you know maybe purchased these things for five hundred thousand dollars are still the heroes, but really they're the idiots. So we like we do operate in an environment where the idiots are celebrated as heroes, and the heroes are idiots, right? And like, so we live in like this really fucked up environment where it's, it's hard to navigate, you know, like, how could I expect anyone that I'm like onboarding into web three to navigate this space and know who is a scammer, who is not. Even we is, can't is, do it and we're in it even like 24 yeah. seven, right? It, it's just yeah. you know, crazy. Like, I mean, how much money did Bitboy raise 200K or something like that? <laughs> probably what is something it? like that like what is it is it the stockholm syndrome what, what is it like to me it it's just like, doesn't make sense uh, at all right like who but knows it is what it's, it is right it's probably mental health i mean i would assume as you know some sort of a mental health issue but um like the the biggest issue in my opinion with web3 is the fact that that we've put so many people on a pedestal that do not deserve to be on a pedestal and yeah. and I think you see that in any industry, whether it be the entertainment industry, uh, you know, uh, even traditional finance industries like like these people are literally criminals and we've put them on a pedestal um, uh, and yeah. we celebrate them and we celebrate their successes and we're there for them during their failures when we can't even do that for the people that we love in our in our lives. Right. So, so it's like, yeah, so it's true. such a backwards yeah. thing. And and again, I think this really does like come full circle to the, a lot of the reasons why I just try my best to stay out of the craziness, you know, um, because then I don't put people on pedestals. I don't like, I don't have these false uh, ideas mm. of, of what's going on in the space. Like I, I back off 
And when shit happens, I'm just like, yo, that's fucked up. But you guys don't realize how fucked up that is because you literally live in this echo chamber every yeah. day of you, life. You're in it, you know right? I mean? Like you, you go you're to the it. same Twitter space like every day for three hours. You listen to the same people, to the same conversations, telling the same thing over and over and over again until you start believing it, right? Like if you yeah. go there and, and become brainwashed over and over again for weeks and months, eventually you will start thinking that, yeah, this is it. That's the truth, Absolutely. right? So um, so I don't know. And then they, they guard their Twitter spaces, which is why they do that, right? Like, you know, you go to these Twitter spaces, you will never hear, like they all have a certain sort of narrative, a certain angle of the way things are and, and they have their own truth. And like, you will never hear anyone else tells anything against it or anything different because they will get booted right so so yeah. people who go there they get exp it's it's just like media it's just like kind of you know media with their agenda of a certain things that they need to feed the public and and form an opinion yeah. here twitter spaces are are forming an opinion of the people who are listening to that so i think like you know uh yeah again because the space is so tricky just you know you need to to make sure you you have all the information, you get diverse sources, you listen to different opinions, and then you form your own based on your own kind of, you know, I don't know, like, you know, uh, research, uh, expectations, moral compass, and whatever, like, you know, you gravitate towards people who you resonate with. Uh, if you resonate with scammers, fine, but then I have the right to make my own conclusions about what I think about you if I see you with them right so it's 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 all about but then again it takes so much time to to navigate this thing <laughs> so probably doing what you're doing and staying away altogether is 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 the better option I guess <laughs> for sure it, it, it's almost impossible to navigate unless you're unless you have like an inside scoop on everything that's going on um, but don't get me wrong I love ship posting. I love making fun of people. I love harassing people, not like sexually or anything, but, uh, you know, I like harassing people online because like that is the nature of the internet. That's There's a very so big much... confession, actually, on the record. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Mostly my friends, like you won't find me harassing people in DMs or anything like that. Like that's that's offside. But, um, you know, I enjoy I enjoy like kind of the internet culture, right? And I mm. think internet culture and crypto are so intertwined and and yeah. like so coupled you know yeah, that true. like that's really what makes crypto exciting when you get on like ground zero you know what i mean you get on twitter you get involved you get into the spaces you speak you learn you whatever um once you really ingrain yourself in that i think like there's a lot to, a lot of fun to be had in in this space and and you know, as much as I try to stay away from the craziness, um, I enjoy it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy listening to it. I, I have alt accounts, I, you know, all, so like, I enjoy paying attention to it and educating myself on what's going on, coming to my own conclusions, uh, you know, without judgment, of course, but like, I have friends on every side of the aisle. And, uh, mm. and, and, you know, I think, I don't know. There's something special about all that. As much as I hate on it and as much as I think that it's, it's a complete drama show, like there's, there is something very special about it. And there's something very interesting about like watching 
humans interact, uh, especially when there's finances involved. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, I'm like, you know, it's, it's all in fun, good fun. And, and I enjoy the internet culture and I enjoy the crypto culture and, and, and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, back to your original question, I think that that is a lot of the reason why I'm still around. You're right? still around. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I've, I've met such amazing people, even if I don't get along with them, there's just something very unique about them. And, and, and yeah. they've become kind of a part of the ecosystem and, and they play a role and, and, you know, that's all there is to it really. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with me. I have met loads of amazing, really great people. Uh, mm -hmm. The only thing that kind of makes me sad is like the greatest people are the ones that are probably more invisible than the others, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I would like to flip that around, but like that it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think this space kind of gives you the opportunity. If you're really kind of paying attention and really want to find good people, you will definitely find them sooner or later because there Absolutely. are there are many so yeah, uh, we've been on for more than an hour. So um, anything else yeah. to wrap this up? Anything that you would no. like to add? No? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I appreciate your time and, and I appreciate um, your podcast. And I'm, I'm stoked to, to see that you're kind of trying new things in, in this space. Not new things, because I know you had a podcast before, but maybe yeah. uh, retrying <laughs> the podcast thing. Um, but I think there's a lot of exciting things going on in this space, regardless of um, the market not being the greatest right now. I, I, I think that we're going to see probably the next year, six months to a year of, of um, things that are happening are, uh, you know, these people are going to be on the forefront of, of the next bull run, right? I hate yeah. using that word, but uh, when that market hits, I, I think a lot of us, the people that are still here building, the people that are still here interacting with each other and and creating platforms the way you are, I think we're really going to be the ones at the forefront. And um, I think that's going to take a lot of um, the negatives out of the picture, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it being cyclical, I think a lot of the bad stuff is going to come back up, right? Of course. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited to see kind of a lot of the people that I know are really good, um, good people and have uh, good intentions in this space. I'm really excited to see them succeed and um, do, you know, amazing things. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just blessed to, to be a part of that. And, and that's why I appreciate you having me today and uh, allowing me to answer some questions and, and uh, having a conversation with you, of course, is always great. Yeah, so. it was really nice. Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, I think it's really great. This is kind of the relaunch of the podcast and the second season and second episode of the second season. So I'm, I'm cool. hoping to, to have much more of those. Um, but yeah, maybe in the future we will have an audience come and engage with us as well and and not just on twitter spaces but like in in a more like human way like all the brave ones who who don't worry about showing their faces like you know we'll get them over as well so right. um so yeah thank you very much for your time i really appreciate that and uh, and yeah have a nice yeah. evening yeah likewise thanks a lot annie and uh have a good night 
That's all that I've got for you today. If you want more of my content, please check out my newsletter at anialexander.com backwards slash subscribe. And I'll see you in the next episode.